Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kirstie. Hey, Kim. So it's been a hard couple of years, wouldn't you say? It really has. It's been strange. So today we're talking about Outside, Inside, written and illustrated by Leigh Wynn Pham. I love everything about this story. It's the kind of book that resonates with everyone. And I just want to read a couple of sentences because it's so beautiful. Yes, please do. Something strange happened on an unremarkable day just before the season changed. Everybody who was outside went inside. Everyone, everywhere, all over the world. Wow. Just, wow. I'm speechless. And for a podcast, that's not very good. (laughs) (laughs) So I think we should get right to the interview. We are thrilled to chat with Lewin and her editor, Connie Sue, about this breathtakingly beautiful book. Let's talk. We want to hear from you, Lewin. What was it that made you feel pulled to create this story? Gosh, I know I should have a ready answer for this, but it was it was such a blur that crazy time, and it was like weird moments of like pockets of emotion that just kept sort of exploding. You know, everybody was feeling this and I'm sure everybody, particularly people who are used to creating felt almost like impotent being unable to do anything. I think for me, especially it was my sons were suddenly at home and we were trying to keep it cool in front of them. And and they're old enough to be able to talk about these things, but we would take these walks and the younger one just couldn't grasp what was going on. You know, it took him forever to get used to the mask and he would ask questions, but he didn't really want to know the answers to it. And we were trying to point out to him how significant this whole thing was, that it was such a worldwide event. I genuinely thought, I'm just going to write down a bunch of notes and talk to him about it in a year's time, like to remind him, this is how you were feeling at the beginning of that time. And I started to jot them down and my mind was such a jumble. I was so jumbled trying to sort stuff out that it naturally came out as a kid's book, 
Like that's just the way my brain works. If you've done something a hundred times, that's how it translates things into. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Your brain starts to find rhythm and pattern to things like to find an easy way of explaining something. And, and that's how I started to record it. And I love that. I'm going to assume it's a, a muscle thing that if you do books enough, that that's just sort of where your brain is going to go to. It's funny because I normally do drawings first. I normally will feel an emotion and sketch something out. And this was the first time where I had to find those words first. And then when I wrote the words out, I just kept looking at them. It was probably within a couple hours that I was sitting sort of thinking of these ideas. And then I thought there might be something here. (laughs) And ask Connie, I'm notorious for not sharing anything until it's done. Like (laughs) I just, I'm like a submarine. I go under and then when I'm done, I pull it all out. It's like, here, take it. I hope you love it. Um, And I think this, Connie, I don't even think you know this, but I think this is the first time I ever shared with anybody, like my thought process from so in the beginning of the time. So I sent really rough sketches over to Connie with the rough idea of the words already down. I can't even honestly remember how much I had completely written. I'm so afraid of getting shot down. (laughs) And Connie is a tough editor, so you really want to please Connie, but I'm going to consider the brain freeze of this entire time. And when I sent it to her, I just thought if anyone's going to be able to tell me the truth that there's something here, it's going to be Connie because I am not in a brain space to do it. Mm. And that's why Connie's my editor. (laughs) Wow. Well, that leads us to our question for you, Connie. What was it about this project that made you want to acquire it? Well, at first I didn't. I mean, when, <laughs> you know, he sends me an email and it was like, I want to write a book about the moment we're living in. And I didn't. And one of the reasons why I wasn't excited about a book about, you know, COVID was um, having seen a few other projects come across my desk and none of them captured the moment, honestly. They were all about how wonderful it was. We all got to go inside and spend time as a family. Some of it was about like, why don't we all reflect on this moment? Families were out and about and not spending enough time together. And they all had that angle. And I thought, well, that's a very privileged angle. Not everyone yes. gets to be at home. It's not true. everyone gets to feel safe. And if this is the worst thing we're dealing with is that we work from home, then we're not understanding the full scope of what's going on. And so when Wynn said, I want, I want to write a book about this moment, I thought, okay, please not be about how we made a lot of bread. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know what? I, re- I remember, because I, I called her first. I, I hadn't even sent you sketches. I think I just called you and said I wanted to do this. And, and Connie voiced that exact fear. She's like, it can't be about that. It can't be. And I remember when she said that, I thought, why would I write about that? Like, that was so far from what I'd had in mind. And I, and I remember just like literally brushing it aside and saying, let me just send it to you. Like, I, I think I know what you want. Let me just send this to you. Mm-hmm. But I remember her words were, this has to be a book that has a reason to exist past this moment. Mm. And that was what I kept in my mind when I started sketching. And I thought, this is a beyond this moment book. She's absolutely right. It's got to have validity beyond just the present moment that we're living in. Wynne sends in her sketches and I really, you know, I love Wynne. I don't want to disappoint her by not loving everything she produces. And so I still remember it was 11 o'clock at night, spent the day wrangling my toddler and, you know, being in that pandemic chaos, right? Yes. And then I opened up the sketches and I cried. I sat on my couch and I cried reading it because she hit every experience. And what she created wasn't a, this is how we feel moment, but a time capsule 
for us to remember and reflect on. And it was so beautiful. It was so moving. And it also didn't shy away from the fact that this is a book about life and death. And a lot of picture books shy away from the darkness, but children see it. When you tell a child you're wearing your mask because you can make someone sick and they say, how sick? And you say, very, very sick, sick enough to never come back. You have to have those conversations with your children. So the fact that Wynn wasn't afraid to put that in a book and to honor those who have passed and to honor those that we are trying to save and protect was really beautiful. And um, I think that's why it, it stands out to me from the other books about the pandemic and really captures that moment in a way that when we look back on, we can have honest conversations with kids about it. And the kids who are living through it, like my daughter, who's four now, almost five, in two years, I can share that book with her and she can share her memories and you know talk about any lasting trauma she may have felt because we don't know yet how kids right. will reflect on this time. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I feel like you might all cry in this, this interview. I feel like we already I'm fighting are. We're it just hard. starting off just, well here. Just, I, when I talk about looking at sketches for the first time, I feel that moment again, the first time of seeing you pull up together. And I will say when is not giving herself enough credit, she's coming at you like, oh, I kind of wrote some things and I wasn't sure <laughs> what it was. And her sketches were clear. And I think we changed maybe one or two words. Wow. The editing was one of the fastest editing processes I've ever done. Like it was insane how quickly yeah. it all wow. came together. Wow. This was, this was honestly, I think it's the fastest book I've ever done from start. It was what, like five weeks from start to finish? Wow. Oh, my goodness. It's crazy. Yeah, pretty much. That I was, think, yeah. yeah. I, I'm not even sure I signed the contract by the time I submitted the artwork. Oh, no. I think I was still just like, we'll figure it out later. Let's let's just finish this book and let's just get it through. Definitely inspired. In my head, no matter what deadline Connie had given me, I was going to do it fast because it's not a place and stay for very long in a book. Do you know what I mean? Like, right. yes. I mean, I do picture books because I clearly want to reject the world we live in. <laughs> I want to build a better world. Like, I am not used to confronting reality. And so much of this book was about so much of the present. And, you know, and a, a lot of what Connie was saying, uh, like in the two phone calls that we made where, you know, she was giving me as much editorial advice as she could crammed into that period of time. She just kept saying like, you know, keep it human, keep it real, make sure that it's, it's relevant make sure that, that there's reason for it. And I stayed glued to the TV. I stayed glued to the news. Like, I don't think I'd so immersed myself in the real world for such a long time. And, you know, like, I think the one thing Connie kept saying was you have to be true. And so a lot of the scenes, particularly, I think the hospital scene is probably the toughest image that I had to come up with because it's like 12 different rooms in a hospital and each of those rooms is a real story. Like they're all based on real news stories of the time. And mm. I can tell you each and every single story because it's stuck to me so badly. And I just keep hoping that's the page that kids and parents will dwell on, like Anytime we forget why we're in this situation, we forget why we're wearing these masks and why we're social distancing, that you look at that image and you remember this woman died in the hospital. She turned to 87. She was alone. She couldn't see her family. Like that is what happens if we don't do the right thing. It was not a place I could 
keep my brain in for very mm-hmm. long and just not fall apart at the seams. I went through it quickly. And I mean, I wish I always loved to be able to spend time lavishing paintings and the books that I, I really, truly uh, care about. I usually will render it traditionally. And I would have loved to have done this book traditionally. But for this time, I was really glad to have a digital component to just get it down and get it out and keep it as real and as on the surface of my skin as possible. And when it was done, I could sort of step away from it and breathe. And oh yeah. Wow. wow. Yeah. So what is your favorite spread for both of you? Connie first and then when? The one where we see the people we were trying to protect. And it's a mix of people in full color and people shadowed in blue. Mm. And as Wynne said, Every character, every story was inspired by someone real, news articles or anecdotes she heard through friends and family. And knowing that everyone cast in blue on that spread was a real person who passed away to COVID, it just gives me chills. It's so powerful. One section on that spread where it's a dad holding his daughter and she's in color. And he's in blue. And having, you know, a child around the same age, I can't even, I'm not even looking at it because that really hit home. And I thought that was brave of when to do to not only put this in her book, but to research these stories and pay tribute to the lives that were lost and the people who are grieving. That must have been so hard because I think that the, one of the survival methods people have is these lives become numbers and we kind of, we have to see them as numbers because if we see them as fully formed people who had people who missed them and loved them, I think it'd be overwhelming. So I think about how Wynne had to go and find these stories and honor these people on the page and then read about who they are and who they were, and then draw them. This is the one of the bravest pieces of art. And I feel so honored to have worked on that with you, Wynn. <laughs> I, I'm like in pieces right now. <laughs> Thanks, Connie. Honestly, like, sorry, you're going to get a love moment here. Like, Connie, seriously, <laughs> I'm so, so glad I sent this to you. And I never even told you this, like... When I sent it, I knew there was no one else I was going to send this to. And I I knew like if anyone was going to reject me or take me, like it had to be Connie because I was going to trust her at a moment where I could not trust myself. Thank you. That just, I'm, you know, to hear words like that from someone as brilliant as Connie is. Ah, it's too much. It's too much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's just take a breather. So what's your favorite spread? When you know what? It's funny. There was actually one spread that I did change. The original spread was, you know, how it goes from out inside to outside. The outside, I had sort of taken this lyrical take about the world. Do you remember this, Connie, where I talked about, wow, the world was was suddenly cleaner and animals were going out. And I had like a spread of all these funny scenes of animals taking over the world for a short period of time. And um, I, I remember sending it and Connie wrote back saying this is a little too lighthearted <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's a little too whimsical and it's sort of taking you out and I knew at that time that I needed that whimsical moment because it was really heavy what I was doing um but um when she sent that back like 
I wasn't even in a mode to argue. It was like, okay, she's right. Let's figure it out. I switched it and it's the spread instead of showing what people did outside. So the fences that were not real, the bells that didn't ring and the halls that stayed empty. It was crazy because I think that spread came really easily after having had conversations with Connie. And I suddenly understood what moments I had to to depict. It was joy. It was the same joy that I had intended, but it was a different joy. It was a joy that we were having to find ourselves as humans living through this crazy time. So even though it's sad that the halls are empty, even though there are birthdays without parties, there are still birthdays. There's still cars going by. There's still balloons going by. There's still signs out. There's still signs of humanity. And to find those images, this is why I find it personally so rewarding. I combed through all my friends' Facebook pages and Instagram pages and just stole what people were feeling, you know, what people were doing during that <laughs> yeah. time and just thinking, all right, I'm going to draw my friend's daughter up in a tree because that's how she coped with it. And I'm going to draw this other friend who had this birthday party and, and this was his car right there. And it was like medicine to make that moment and to know we are finding ways to cope with this that we're pulling through all of this. And I think I did that spread right after I did the hospital spread. And it was almost like an antidote to the hospital spread, just understanding we are coming together and we are figuring out a way to stay together apart. And that spread, I think, really uh, exemplifies that. That's beautiful. Yes. We only have one question left, so and it's an easy one. (laughs) (laughs) Connie, we'll start with you. When someone reads Outside Inside, what do you hope they feel or learn? I hope that people remember why. Like that was the big question. It's like, we look back now, everyone's itching to get back to their normal lives. But there was a moment when the entire world cared about each other. And to know that there was a moment, even if it didn't last, (laughs) where people collectively and universally acknowledged each other's existence and the importance of that. And so I hope that it gives people this hope that there is a universal kindness that we can reach again. Oh, that's beautiful. Yes. Thank you, Connie. How about you, Lewin? I don't think I can beat that. This book is incredibly special to me because it was, and I keep saying this and no one seems to believe me. I didn't write it. I just recorded it. And I recorded it at a time when like the whole world actually had, or like Connie said, a short period of time, a single voice. And I feel like I caught the heart of the world in that one moment. And it's not something that could have been done six months later. And it's not something that could have been done a year later. It had to be done at that moment. And I hope that's it. I think that's why when people look at it, they cry because it's that vulnerable moment where we all opened our hearts up. When you open up the book, it takes you back and it reminds you. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's like touching the world of the heart for just a a split second. A big thank you to Leigh and Connie for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Outside Inside. Check out the show notes to learn more about Leigh and her other fabulous books. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode and we would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy happy looking. looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirsty Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. 
You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.